0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I invite you to be seated. Good morning. My name is Haley. I am a deacon, uh, and I live in Northern California. But I didn't start there, and so today, um, I have in my heart and mind that this is the 21st anniversary of 9-11. I was ordained in the Diocese of Long Island in New York. And by 21 years ago, I had already relocated to Northern California. But that day broke my soul. It was so hard. And I remember being surprised at how quickly things went back to normal in my town because it sent me reeling and it, it made me want to get in my car and drive to the World Trade Center and do something. And what I finally realized is that for all of my friends and neighbors who were not New Yorkers, it was a huge loss of 3,000 people, unimaginable, for me, it was a loss of this person, and this person, and the grandmother of this person, and the father of this other person, and, and so it went. For me, September 11th was the day that I lost a dear friend, someone in the parish that I served in Long Island, who sung in the choir and the deacon was seated next to the men in the choir, and his name was Wade Green. And Wade Green had little children. He had a two-year-old little girl with cornrows, and he had a four-year-old little boy. They're grown-ups now, and they grew up without their father. And Wade would sit next to me and when the, um, the choir would be getting ready to sing, he would poke me and he'd lean over and he'd say, Haley, are you ready for your solo? Every week. And I would say, every week, I love you too much, Wade, to sing out loud, alone. I today remember Wade because this is the way that I find him now that he's lost. This is the way that I remember, remember our life, the people that we love, that we know are still with us. We remember them into our community. So that they are not lost. And as I mold over these readings, I realize we call this the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, but these are not parables about being lost. These are parables about being found. In my favorite um, commentary that I often Uh, look at when I'm preparing for sermons, it marked these two parables, the parables of joy. I thought, what a better name for these parables. These are parables of joy because the people in these parables found what was lost and they rejoiced because they valued what was lost and when they found it, they saw it in new ways. I am the archdeacon uh, in the Diocese of California, one of two, and when the bishop uh, asked me about 18 months ago to start that job, I realized that we did not have a directory of deacons. And So I decided I was going to make sure we knew where all the deacons were, all 68 of them. And I finally brought it all together, and I had one name, Robert Partnan. And I did not have a phone number, and I did not have an email address. And so I started searching for him. Nobody in the diocese remembered him. I went around, do you know this guy? So finally, I did a search on the internet for his name with Deacon. And I found a 10-year-old bulletin that had him listed as the Deacon at the church in Fremont, the Episcopal Church in Fremont. And I thought, OK, so he must live near Fremont. So then I dug deeper, and I, because I'm a journalist, I have access to some white pages kinds of things. And I found an email address for a guy by that name in Fremont. And so I emailed him and I said, are you a deacon? Because I have been trying to find you. And it was him. And I was so happy because our community now is whole. Everybody who's supposed to be there is now there. And he told me a little bit about his life. He's retired. He's been a little ill. But he is one of us again. This is the heart of Christian community. We are not whole unless everybody is included. Everybody. Now... When we hear a parable, the temptation in our human brains is to say, who am I in this parable? And I find that people tend to fall into two kinds of categories. There are the people who are in the flock, and there are the people who are lost. And sometimes they used to be in the flock, and now they're lost, or they used to be lost, and now they're in the flock. But we find that there are people who, for whatever reason, at this moment when they hear this parable, they feel safe, they feel known, they feel loved. And then there are the people who feel alone, who feel forgotten, who feel unseen, who feel not included, not wanted, not welcomed. I would say, though, this morning, Cast yourself as the shepherd. Cast yourself as the woman who lights a lamp, who looks around and says, there is a coin, there is a sheep, there is something missing. Because that is when we become the hands and hearts of Christ in the world. I think that That is the moment when our Christian community, this community, would be at its very best because we are noticing and seeking wholeness, belovedness, integrity, all of the things that God wants for us. We're searching to make sure that all of the pieces of who God wants us to be, complete, whole. We're trying to bring all that together in this moment of time, and that is holy work. It's also important when you're reading a parable to notice where it shows up in the narrative. These two parables come right before one of the most well-known parables in the bible the parable of the prodigal son which is also got the wrong name it should be called the parable of the loving father but nobody knows it by that name so the parable of the prodigal son is the one that reminds us that when people show up ready to be included ready to be part of the family, we welcome them without question. We celebrate. So first we go and look, and then we celebrate. We're being asked in these parables to believe, and not just believe, but to embody that everyone is valuable no matter what has happened before they were lost. People get lost for all kinds of reasons. And the importance is not why they were lost. The importance is how and when and if they are found. I listen to a lot of podcasts on the, I say on the radio, I'm really old. Um, I listen to podcasts on my phone, and I like um, uh, true crime podcasts. And recently, Audible told me that I should listen to one called Finding Tamika. And it's a podcast about a young woman who's like 22 and she went missing. And nobody knew where she was and for weeks and weeks nobody looked for her. The media didn't notice and didn't report. The police said she had probably run away even though her family knew she hadn't run away. It was because she was a young woman of color. It was because there were other stories of women that had been lost who had more standing. And her aunt was a PR person. And so she hit the phones, and she wrote press releases, and she did a whole bunch of things. And she finally got to Mika on America's Most Wanted Missing Persons edition. The tips started coming in, and they figured it out, and they found her. She hadn't survived, which is a very sad part of the story. If I had written the story, she would have survived, but this is a true story. But she was found, and she was put at peace, and her family was made whole again by having her back. When we live in ways that forget the people who are lost, we are putting out unintentionally, not in a mean way, but unintentionally saying that what is lost is not valuable. Because the reality is that if something is valuable, We make an effort. If I drop a penny and it rolls underneath the car, parked out there, I go, is it worth going under the car? No, no it is not. Sometimes someone will move the car, somebody else will find the penny, it'll be good. If I drop a diamond underneath that car, something of great value, what do I do? while I park myself on the corner until I can gather my friends and I say, okay, we're going to wait for this car to move. We're going to climb under the car. We're going to move the car. We're going to do the work that needs to be done so that we can find this valuable thing. Every single one of God's people, which, let me be clear, is every human being and creature on this earth, every single one, not one, not included, is that kind of valuable. That kind of valuable to God. And if we're building the community of heaven on earth, they are that kind of valuable to us. God calls us to love the lost, to look for the lost, not just for them, but for us. I know today is your feast day, the feast day um, of this parish, and so I wanted to find out what St. Augustine had said on this topic. And what he said was, since love grows within you, so beauty grows, for love is the beauty of the soul. I have seen in just a couple of days here how this community welcomes people You have a lot of visitors, all kinds of visitors, and you welcome them all, and that kind of love gives this place such a beautiful soul. And yet, our work is not done because there are still people missing. When we decide how we're going to figure out who's missing, we step back and we go, who is not at this table? who is hungry, which seat is empty, which role is left unfilled, which place is yearning for someone. We think about who was here and isn't here anymore, and we wonder why, and we reach out. Or we look around and say, this place is severely lacking in some kind of being diverse or some kind of being whole and then we actively invite that and when we step into this work then it changes how we spend our time it changes how we spend our money it changes how we pray and who we pray for I have during the pandemic taken up doing jigsaw puzzles and I have a cat whose name is Noah and he has very furry paws that are apparently sticky because he walks across my jigsaw puzzles and invariably he takes one piece away. Have you ever done a 5,000-piece jigsaw puzzle and put 4,999 pieces in place, and then there's one missing? And it is not okay because the picture is not complete. And you need that piece in order for the picture to be complete. That, that emotion is what God is calling us to. That is the kind of angst, the kind of love, the kind of longing that God is calling us to. And it's not just for them, and it's not just for us. It's because that is who God made us to be. We are the kind of people who don't know what we value until we lose it. We are the kind of people that create community with value and worth through searching out the people who can fill the empty spaces, who are the last piece in the puzzle to make the picture perfect and wonderful and as it was intended to be. That's how God's love works. The seeking, the finding, and the being whole. And so let us begin this search and let us begin it now.